Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You are listening to Between the Vines. Between the Vines focuses on timely viticulture, business management, and integrated pest management issues that help vineyards achieve commercial success. And this podcast covers timely topics and research updates throughout the year. It's brought to you by the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program, which is a collaboration between Penn State University and Cornell University. I am Jennifer Phillips Russo, one of your hosts, and our my co-host, Kevin Martin, has recently decided to join the grower stakeholder part of our audience. So we are currently looking to fill his position. He will, somebody will be back joining me at some point in time, but until then, I get to have special guests join me. And one of my special guests today, you have seen and heard him before, if you've listened to our podcast, is Dr. Jason Londo with Cornell University. He is the fruit physiologist. Welcome, Jason. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you joining and jumping in, especially at such a short notice. But we've had a lot of questions from growers, people calling in because of the crazy weather we've been Mm -hmm. experiencing. So here in Western New York, at least over the weekend, I should state that if you are listening to this, this is being recorded on April 9th, I'm sorry, April 18th. I don't even know what day it is anymore. And over the weekend, we had some 80 degree weather. With that, a lot of our vines started to push and swell. And I've heard many growers calling in asking about the snow that we are now having today in our region and the upcoming cooler weather in the next week. So I thought, what a great idea to have you come in and talk a little bit more about that. So thanks for joining us. Before I jump in with everything, is there anything you would like to start off with? No, I guess I could just quickly report on the whole winter. Um, You know, we did have a kind of a crazy ride, very mild winter with some punctuated acute cold weather, but it looks like we've mostly made it through without any damage. Here in the Finger Lakes, we might have taken a little bit of damage on some of the more sensitive viniferas, but across the state, it looks pretty good. Uh, Yeah, we're in a crazy spring following a crazy winter with a lot of heat uh, and now getting close to the the freeze point. Uh, But it looks like we'll escape at least this event. um, And uh, we'll just see what the rest of April has ahead of us. Thank you. I also wanted to add, I'm not sure if we gave, I know it's going out in our crop update for our growers who are members of ours, but here at the Cornell Lake Erie Research and Extension Center, we have a long historical phenology that is taken every year and re-reported on our website. You can find that phenology at the lergp.com website. Scroll on down, it'll tell you what our current state is of the vines. They go through the same exact set of vines every year, the research staff here at Claro, and they are pruned to different bud numbers, and they take an average of all of those sentinel vines throughout the growing season, and we report on that phenology. Now, I can tell you what our phenology is here and the one that we officially report on because of those sentinel vines. It's at a 2.0 on the modified Nelson, um, modified Nelson Shawless field scale, which is what we call first swell. And you can go out, it will be in my crop update, but you can go to lergp.com and see exactly what that is and compare it to yours out in the field. That's not to say that you can't find some that are with leaves unfurling And this is the ones people who are calling me. I'm sure you have some out there that might be. And those are the questions we're getting concerns about. Will this cold weather actually cause those buds to either abort or 
just crinkle up and dry off just those exposed edges? What should we look for? Should it get low enough to do some sort of damage? Yeah, I think right now with the, the stages that we're seeing, we're pretty safe. Uh, if we were getting much below freezing, um, several de degrees below freezing, we would start be worrying about those unfurled leaf edges. But when you have these swollen buds or EL or the stage three, where you're starting to see a little bit of the, the green of the leaves, a little bit of pink of the flowers, even in those stages, the buds can survive a couple of degrees below freezing. Uh, they are certainly more sensitive than dormant buds. They can't go, you know, uh, below 29, 28 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, but they can take these close brushes. Now, if you go ahead a couple uh, stages and you start getting many more leaves unfurled, then you're uh, more sensitive yet. And that's where we would be worried about potential frost damage or, or snow damage from something like this. But we're, we're currently not at that uh, crunch time. Um, the leaf tissue and the bud tissue, as it's swelling, it's filling up with water, which means it can freeze at warmer and warmer temperatures, but it's also uh, filled with other osmoprotectants and sugars, and that helps suppress the freezing events. And if you go out and look at those buds, you'll see that they're covered in these little tiny hairs, these endothelial hairs. And those hairs, they act sort of like waterproofing. So if you were to actually try to pour some water on those buds, you'd see that the water beads up and rolls right off uh, those exposed hairs. And so as long as the tissue is um, nestled underneath those hairs, it's very hard for the water to freeze and get down to the sensitive tissues. And so for right now, I don't think we have anything to worry about. Uh, if the leaves progress further and then we have a return to this uh, in a week or two, then we're, we're a little bit more worried if we get the same sort of 34, 35, it gets closer to causing some damage. Thank you. That was perfect. I love how you described the little hairs that are on there it kind of wicks that water away. And I'm glad that our our growers or listeners get to hear that. I have another question and I hope this doesn't kind of put you on the spot is what happens. So we know that I know, but I'm asking our fruit physiologist to kind of <laughs> explain this. So we know how long the cane is and we know that some of the buds are further out than the other ones. So let's say that we do get out to those tender tissues and we do have an incident where maybe that primary bud or shoot development at that point in time is frost or freeze damaged and happens to die. I know that there's a secondary bud in there, but potentially down that cane to the basal buds may be protected, correct? It could just be, yeah. Yeah, yeah most of our varieties break from the from the apex of the canes back towards the base, uh, unless you're doing a training system which alters sort of the positioning of those canes, right? So if you do like a double curtain where you're tipping the, the ends down, that produces sort of a more uniform bud break because all of the buds sort of think that they're the top dog on the cane. Because there's a lot of complex science, but gravity and, and hormones and all that sort of stuff works together to tell the buds where they are on the cane. And so you're correct. If we had, uh, if you've got some nice lateral canes and you've got bud break more advanced at the tips and those buds were to die, your uh, buds basal to that would be more defended and would push uh, after after those terminal buds sort of died off. Potentially, could they even, I want to say, catch up, so to speak, and 
compensate for the loss of those apical buds because we didn't have fruit set yet. So there's the potential that there is, is that correct? Yeah, there's a lot of redundancy in the in the canes and the buds. You know, we leave a lot of buds uh, that you can lose from all points during the season to hail, to, to wind damage. So yeah, if you lose those uh, terminal buds, it's not gonna be a major impact on the ability of the vine to produce in that season. Uh, due to that redundancy. And so not too much to worry about. You you have problems when you get the primaries extending out uh, three, four, five leaves with a with an inflorescence, and then you get a frost because that typically will hit the whole vine and that would reduce your your yields. But we're we're certainly not in that position this year. So everybody can basically take a deep breath, sit back for a little bit. We're not hovering in the freezing. Yes, we are getting low and I am seeing snow, even though it's not 32, but we're not at that critical point just yet. And they're predicting a reasonably strong El Nino year and El Nino years tend to lead to warmer summers. And so we should perhaps enjoy this little cold blast because it could be a long, hot summer. That's fantastic. And even this little cold blast, I know we had a great, introduction to the warm weather coming this past weekend but this cold blast actually tells the buds to slow down so we did have a little bit of growth and a little bit of push but now that the temperature has dropped because it is all temperature dependent the buds are like okay i'll hang here for a minute slows their progression correct yes yep all the vast majority of growth mechanisms and the enzymes that are responsible for cell division and all that they all slow down when temperatures are lower and so this will slow down how fast they're progressing. The one caveat to that will be is if we have cool days, but really bright sun, because that sun can really heat up those tissues beyond what our air temperatures are. And that itself could speed up growth a little bit. Uh, but yeah, for the for the sake of frost defense, this cold weather is is good. It'll keep things from getting too far ahead of us. Good. Thank you. I know that we've done a lot of research, you and I together over the winter with the cold hardiness. And I want you to give a little plug. Mm -hmm. We're kind of getting towards the end of that, but maybe why did we do all of that research? Not just about monitoring cold hardiness, but I think it's basically about your model is what I'm trying to hint at. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, you're right. We do have a number of different studies ongoing. Uh, And for, for your audience, we have a, Jen and I have a study looking at calcium foliar sprays to enhance cold hardiness and delay bud break. And uh, we don't have results to share with you yet, but uh, we're one winter into that project. We also have another project looking at microclimate effects during winter to try to figure out whether or not our monitoring programs are accurate for growers across our two regions. Uh, We are working on a a write-up on the results of that, and I'm sure you'll see it in an extension article in the future. Uh, But we have some interesting uh, observations about microclimate effects on vine growth and cold hardiness in Concord and Riesling. And uh, on the model, yes, uh, all of this data gets fed into a machine learning model, which is a fancy way of saying we have a computer help us predict uh, cold hardiness. If we pump in a bunch of data, it looks for patterns and it helps develop a model to predict that cold hardiness. And that Data is being hosted on our Cornell website uh, to give growers a view into what what our field monitoring programs are are returning for data, but then also predictions for cold hardiness in uh, different weather sites across the state. And so 
those efforts have been very successful. We have a model that's working pretty well and we're working on the paper uh, to get that published. And in the future, we uh, will hopefully be offering higher and higher level uh, resolution in those models for more and more growers as we integrate other weather sites. Uh, so if you have any questions about the model or fold hardiness predictions, or you have information that you wanna share about your winter experience, you can always get a hold of me uh, via email or, or you can call uh, email is certainly the easiest way uh, to get a hold of me, though. Just Google that out on Cornell University, Jason Londo, you'll find it. It always pops up. Also, I should just add that we've asked for funding because of some of the trends we've noticed in the work that we've done to continue the microclimate work into fruit production and phenology. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that gets back to that comment I made about El Nino. So no one season for grapes is independent. So we have a weird winter and a weird spring. We wanna see how our summers are going to interact with those weird, other weird seasons and influence fruit growth, fruit ripening curves. And that leads us into the next winter and will give us uh, input on how we can better manage the vines when we have such erratic uh, climatic changes across year to year. I'm really excited to be a part of this research, so thank you for collaborating. And I should add that if anybody has any questions or suggestions or have always wondered, we are always here willing to find research that goes with it. If we haven't had any research, we can certainly look to find funding to do some research to help you out with that. So please feel free to email me asking me for whatever things you're looking for, things that you've noticed over the years that you think might have some science behind it and could be useful for the region, please let us know. Any other topics you wanna to hear about, please email and ask for that as well. Thank you for taking the time, Dr. Jason Londo, for joining me and being my guest co-host. I do appreciate all of your efforts. Yep, I'm happy to be here anytime you need me. Thank you. And for those listening, we will see See you hopefully next week, if not the week, week after. We have some more special guests scheduled to come in. So stay tuned and have a great week, everyone.